welcome to Loinlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet, or anywhere. I'm your host, Megan. And once again, I am your host, Joe. And we're here tonight to talk about episode 510, entitled, Mercy Shall Follow Me. Yeah. What's that about? <laughs> I mean, there's some mercy in this episode, questionably, kind of. Okay, well, we'll get into that. Um, the title card. Loved it. Loved this title card. Yeah, these are the title cards I like, where they're like, it's a foreshadowing of something that's coming up, but it's 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 a, it's, it's a, a nod, but not a literal pull. Like, yeah, these are what I love from yes, the title card. Same. So it was a, sh- do you remember what it was? It was a shoemaker. A cobbler, a, yeah, a, making making a pair of shoes, and then he had a stack of playing cards yep. he was using as a reference for a, a lift. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like that. This was written by someone named Megan, I mean, great name, Farrell Burke. As far as I can see, she hasn't written anything else. So, and it was directed by a woman, which I always like. So the episode begins, and we are in Wilmington, and we're with the lawyer, Mr. Forbes, the Lord of the Rings guy, and Stephen Bonnet, and they are playing out how they're going to get Jocasta's money. Yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings guy uh, is, he plays Smarthy very well. Well, he's taking a turn. He wasn't this evil. Like, he's got next level evil in this episode. Yeah, he's jaded and also greedy and, you know, all those things that make bad people worse. And, uh, yeah, so he's in this brothel with Bonnet and Bonnet's talking about his master conniving plan, but at the same time, he's eyeing up this... uh, loquacious looking lady from oh, across wow. the room yeah. yeah yeah who he says is his favorite lady of the night or day yeah. depending on your fancy well and their ultimate plan is to take jeremiah and jocasta's money kill jocasta and duncan innes yeah and uh take jeremiah so well and we find out that uh hobbit has made a deal with Stephen Bonnet where he gets 20% of the money from River Run, which is a pretty good portion of the money. So he's very invested in this very much so. chicanery, which comes into play later in the episode. So we now know Stephen Bonnet's plan. And meanwhile, Claire, Jamie, Roger, and Brianna, and young Ian, they also have a plan to entrap Stephen Bonnet doing yes. a whiskey deal and yeah. to kill him. Yeah, da da da. Yeah, I mean, what could possibly go wrong other than everything? Because this is Outlander, and uh, yeah, every plan is bad and dumb. So, and, and so is this one, as it turns out. Young Ian is looking great. They got him, and he's gonna pretend to be Alexander Malcolm. Wink, he, wink, nod, nod yeah, to the print shop. The print shop. And he he's sorry to cut you off. Mm-hmm. He is looking great, but I noticed he looks so different when he's back in his Young Ian, his like. Britannia young Ian garb versus like his cool guy Mohawk warrior garb like he looks about 14 years old yeah he looks weaker or, yeah, he like, looks weaker he looks like a little kid wearing his daddy's hat yeah whereas when he had his Mohawk situation going on like he was kick-ass Ian I agree yeah so they separate Claire Claire and Brianna go one way Jamie young Ian and Roger go the other Jamie has this moment where he says to Claire, and if we don't return, then you go back to the ridge. And Claire says, if you don't return, we'll come and get you. Right. We're going to figure out what's going on. Well, this is part of the, and we didn't even talk about this when I was watching the episode, but this is one of the, like, this is classic Outlander, classic Outlander. Mm -hmm. Like, young Ian, Roger, and Jamie are, like, hatching this plan to go kill Stephen Bonnet have like a big gun out shoot fight shoot out gun fight mm-hmm. and uh you know they might die they might do everything and claire and brianna are gonna go shopping like the- <laughs> well it's not any shopping no but it's like like you think that and they would have- frolic on a beach right they're, yeah they're gonna go sorry pardon me they're gonna go shopping and picking shells like yeah the, like yeah I, that's just like that is the dumbest shit in the world it's like okay well you go maybe you'll die we're going to go pick some shells on the beach barefoot and maybe we'll frolic. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Pardon me. They like, didn't seem stressed at all. They didn't I seem did, stressed at I all. I did think about that too. I was thinking if my 
husband. That's me, by the way. Yes, were off to have that kind of mission. Like, I'd be really yeah, stressed. You These days be... I get stressed when you go to the grocery store with COVID and everything. Yeah. I'm very tense when you're gone. You wouldn't be frolicking on the beach and being like, hey, mommy, remember when we used to race barefoot? Like, laugh, God, and... like, come on. Like, I know. Your I, did, husband... I did think that there was, uh, yeah, a bit of a discrepancy between their overall attitude and joyous experience and what and was happening. What was happening. Yeah. So anyway, just stupid. So, like, but shocking. I really did like that. The first thing Claire and Brianna do is they go to a glassmith and they ask him to make a syringe and Brianna's drawn exactly what they need. Yeah. And I really liked this scene because they had to explain to him what it was. And he said, why isn't it brass? And Claire said, it's easier to disinfect and then rolled her eyes and said, clean. clean. <laughs> um, and he's like, I mean, I, blue glass for a thermometer i guess i could do this it would be the same thing i like that in the end though he kind of seemed excited about it yeah he's like sure he's i'll like, give sure, it a I'll... shot yeah but i i like the scene and there was something about the guy that was playing the glassmith. he really i felt like he was back in time like he looked like a real yeah old old timey old timey guy yeah. yeah yeah then Ian, Jamie, Young Ian await uh, the sailors, including Bonnet. And uh, Roger and Jamie discuss who's going to kill Bonnet. And this is important. Yeah, for a it lot is of important reasons. for a number of reasons. Roger says, I'll do it. I'm going to kill him. I'm Brianna's husband. I want him dead. And Jamie says, and I actually wrote this down quote, he said, okay, don't hesitate. Don't challenge him. Kill him the moment you have a chance. Close quote. Yeah, exactly. And I did, right before that, I like how Roger was like, I know, I'm basically, I'm a shit shot, I can't fight, and I'm like barely passable as a sword fighter, but I want to take down the badass murdering pirate. That's my role here. Did you like that Jamie said, okay. And, and Jamie's then, like, sure. But then at the end, and Jamie said, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll redeem you if you don't make it. Yeah. Like I'll, well, not redeem, but Re I'll avenge you, I'll avenge you yeah. if you don't make it. And Roger's like, I'll avenge you if you don't. And Jamie's like, Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Nice ponytail. Uh, yeah. And then we have Claire and Brianna on the beach, and they are frolicking, and um, yeah. So a, a couple things about this scene. Number one, I think what they were trying to do is a nod to the beauty of being in the past, right? Because the whale, there's a plethora of whales. They're all alive, and it's beautiful, and you know, isn't it so wonderful coming back in this time period? And I think what they're trying to do is recognize and show the moments of beauty of living back in the past, right? Mm -hmm. To kind of counterbalance all of the horrors that they encounter, which are plenty. Right. And also, this was the moment, this was a big moment for me because I realized it was different than the book and that they were taking a turn. And from here on, it was the first time I experienced Outlander the way you do because I've only read, I've read half of book six. So a lot of the events that happened in this episode were taken from the end of book six or right. the middle of book six. And it's different in a way that it's never been different before. Like, I mean, they've done different. They kept Murta alive for a season and a half or something like that. But yeah. this is, this is jumping ahead. This is like skipping different, which is. I mean, this is wrapping up a huge storyline. In five seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I do remember, I, I knew it was different because I know there was a beach scene that involved Stephen Bonnet, but it, I mean, Jer Jemmy was there and Marsley was there, Lizzie was there, and Stephen Bonnet did not kidnap Brianna in it. So, um, yeah, so this really threw me off because I knew as soon as it was just Claire and Brianna on the beach, I could, my spidey senses started tingling and I'm like, I don't know what's happening here. This is, this is bizarre. Um, but you said, you said, as soon as Claire said, well, I'm going to go look for shells, you said two things. One, why is she looking for shells at the top of the hill? <laughs> and two, when's the bad thing going to happen? <laughs> yeah, like it's so telegraphed that something horrible is about to happen. They're having way too much fun in this show for something good to happen. Yeah. And yeah, why the hell is she looking for shells at the top of the that, hill? That was strange, although she found a, a big one. Yeah, well, there you go, I guess. <laughs> they go back to Jamie and Roger. Uh, the men, the three men arrive, the sailors. Stephen Bonnet is not one of them. And they have a uh, rumble. Donnie Brooke. Yeah, they have a rumble. And 
then they tie up the main guy and Jamie sticks a knife really far in the guy's neck. Did you notice that the knife started filling with blood? I did. Um, and they say, you know, where where is Stephen Bonnet? And cue the shot of Stephen Bonnet's foot yeah. on the beach. What yeah. were you going to say? Oh, I just, I liked in this that they, that Jamie let Roger just have like a straight up knife fight with a pirate for about four seconds yeah. <laughs> before, like basically as the pirate was about to stab Roger to death, Jamie then decided to hit him with the oar. It's like, there's a lot of weird, like, cutting it close in this episode that didn't make a lot of sense. Do you remember what Roger said to Jamie? He's like, why the fuck did you take so <laughs> long said, to hit him with the oar? so long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't get any better, guys. Bonnet attacks Claire. Yeah. Straight up attacks Claire. Straight up, straight up attacks Claire. Well, Claire... Actually, no. He doesn't straight no. up attack. He comes out and he's being his swarthy self and Claire pulls a knife. <laughs> she does and starts waving it around. She's not... A fighter. She is not messing around, though, with that no, knife. But... Like, at one point, she actually lunges towards him, but he just slowly backs away. Yeah. And he's... I mean, here's the tragedy of this episode is that it was so great having him in it. He's so great. This Ed Spieler uh, is the actor's name, I believe, right? And yeah. He, uh, he's awesome. I like this guy a lot. Like you I can't read him at all. Yeah. I don't know what he's been in before, but I really hope that um, this is a jumping off point he to him. He was in Downton Abbey. He had a main oh, character. He was a main right. character was he in the, Downton the Abbey. the footman? The other footman? Yeah, but he was very like cherry pie and dimples. And... But like he was the guy that... Thomas tried to have like that guy. Yeah, he was very interested in oh, him. Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember him. Anyway, but anyway, He's, like, I hope he, he accelerated, you know, like, his career to something bigger in Maine because, you know, this guy's rock solid. He really is. So the the problem is, so Claire is trying to stab him and then Brianna comes up and Stephen Bonnet right there says, um, I want you. Like, yeah. I want you to come with me. And... Brianna and this scene really worked for me. I don't think it worked for you, but you can see Brianna has so much adrenaline pumping and Claire's amazing because Stephen Bonnet has her, like he's blocking his own body with Claire's body and Claire's just screaming at Brianna to shoot him, right? Like just risk it, just shoot, shoot him. Like you probably won't get me. And uh, Brianna does. But the gun misfires. The gun, well, what, it just doesn't have a bullet in it or something. Yeah, something, I don't know, something's wrong with it, yeah. And you thought this was strange, but for me this works. Brianna just throws the gun down and runs towards him. Yeah. Well, because he knocks Claire out, right? So then it's just her and Bonnet. She tries to shoot him. It doesn't work. And she throws it and just lunges towards him. And you right. said, what was her plan there? Yeah, what was her plan there? He I basically think... just like popped her in the mouth and that was it. Like... I just think she had so much adrenaline pumping through her body and was so ready to attack him that when the gun didn't go off, she just was trying to, I think she was going to hit him with yeah, it. Yeah, I guess, yeah. And failed. Yeah. She did. Then Brianna wakes up and she's in his house. And from here on, it's a bizarre, creepy psychological thriller movie yeah but not this part was good it, I, I mean it was creepy but not badly done no um but yeah i was very caught off guard and of course i i did do some some research and some reading to see that they took this storyline out of out of the end of book six and that brianna and bonnet have this back and forth encounter that stretches on for quite a while in the book I just want to say before we get into their encounter, I loved everything visually about this whole series of scenes. Really? Like, I thought the house looked super cool. I thought the... But uh, in a creepy way. Yeah, like but, it looked, dirty, but, it, but it looked way. really good. Like it looked... Um, it had like a... It had a really interesting look. Like it definitely looked... Like everything was stolen? Yeah, like it, that's the thing. It Like it looked like everything in the house was valuable... But not like the house of a rich person, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Not like River Run, right? Where River Run looks naturally wealthy. This more just looked like a place with a lot of valuable things put in it. That's a very good observation that, and, and very true, actually. It's one of those things that gives you a, a sort of uncomfortable feeling, but you don't quite know why. Right, and even Bonnet's clothes are great, but they're like... They're, they're like I love his his outfit, especially in the the dinner scene, mm-hmm. which I might be jumping ahead a bit, but I loved his but outfit. It didn't with fit the, properly. The, that's right. Yeah. yeah, everything was like a little bit ill fitting, and it looked like a little bit maybe dirty or shoddy. Mm-hmm. But the the outfits themselves were 
awesome and fantastic and like very expensive looking, but nothing, it didn't really look right. Like yeah. it, like it was supposed to be there. And it looked, re- I thought it looked great. Like it, like from a, a set decoration point of view, like it really kind of gave a, a vibe of, of, it did you know, give a vibe. Well, and even the dress, cause he says, I mean, first of all, the scene where she wakes up and he's just making tea mm-hmm. and she freaks out and she said, where's my mother? And he said, I left her on the beach. I, I have no quarrel with her. It's you that I want. Like, I don't need her. And this is an example of this actor. Like, the way he delivers these lines, I believe him when he says that. Like, well, why would I kill her? I don't I don't need to kill her. He has the same ability that Tobias Menzies had, has still, mm-hmm. uh, where he's like, he can, this guy can pull off psychopathic scary like nobody's business. Like, he can be charming and polite but with the just the slightest change of his face, yeah, he can go from regular to terrifying. Well, and that's why these scenes between him and Brianna were so uncomfortable because I felt, and we haven't talked about this, but I'm assuming you did too, that with every motion of his body, he could punch her in the face and yeah. do something horrible. Even though the things that he was saying was that he was, he was making a real effort. Yeah, you can tell that he is trying hard not to punch her in the face. Because that's, well, or, you know, or do, or be violent or something. That's his, because that's his go-to. That's, that's, that's who he is. He's trying very hard that's to That's who not... he is, but we did get a bit of a backstory. He never right. had a mother. He didn't have a father. He was an orphan. So yeah. he, he had never been loved. He was mistreated. He was, you know, working at a very young age and then mistreated by the people who worked right. with He's never experienced any love or companionship no, or friendship. He's my favorite kind of villain uh, in stories in that he is a sympathetic villain in the sense that he is awful. He is an awful, deplorable, should have shot him villain. Mm-hmm. But at the same time... He, it's weird. He's, he's, he's not a liar, really. Like he tells you what his motivations are and what he's doing. He's not a good person. He's Mm -hmm. a terrible person. Mm -hmm. But you know, like he has like this weird moral code. Uh, Yeah, you've always said that about this character. And he's does, he does things for a reason. Like he has a set reason why he, why he does things. So it makes you, it gives you, and this happened to Brianna in the episode. It, it opens the door for there to be some sympathy mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, you can see the motivations for what he does and, you know, the, what he does is awful and the reasons that he does them are awful. But, but, you know, when I just like when, when it's not like I'm evil for the sake of being evil, fuck you, the end. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like this guy is, he's, it's complex. Well, and if you think about it, if we are comparing Blackjack to Stephen Bonnet, Blackjack was born that way, which he admitted, right? Because remember, his brother was a very kind person. They, yeah. I think he, they were raised in a, in a, you know, advantageous situation, and he had a decent. But there was something very dark and evil about him, and he didn't know why. And right. he told Claire that. Whereas with Stephen Bonnet, he didn't have a chance. Like he no. just had never been loved or treated well, and I'm sure all of his encounters with. I mean, men and women were awful. So what right. he did to Bri- it doesn't excuse obviously what he did to Brianna, but that wasn't a horrific thing that he was doing. That was how he interacted. Well, and this is the this is what like are we at the dinner yet, or am I skipping ahead? Well, so yeah, he has the tea, and then he says, "I have a gift for you." He gives her that dress, which kind of on par with what you were saying, which is like I guess it was a nice looking dress, but it looked like maybe it had been on a dead person. Right. Before she put it on, like it looked expensive, but dirty. Stolen. Yeah. Yeah. From a dead person. Yeah. yeah. But, but so when they go to the dinner and they have the discussion and he basically, again, I really love this scene because he was like, essentially what he was saying was teach me to be good. Yeah. I am Show bad. me how to be a worthy like, gentleman. Like when he says, I want to be a father to Jemmy, even though he's a deranged psycho, mm-hmm. I think he means it. Yeah. Like he's like, look, I am bad. I know I'm bad, but I want to be a father. So show me how to not be bad. Well, I want the money and yeah. I want to be a father. Right. He's like, I can't really explain why. Yeah. 
Um, but I know that I'm not a father right now. Yeah. So help me. But I think he, like, when he's asking Brianna for help, I truly think he's... No, he's not playing her at that no, point. No, he's genuine. I don't think he ever is playing her. Well, the thing that was bothering me in this scene was she... It took her longer than I wanted it to take to start playing along. Because all mm-hmm. I could think of when I was watching it the first time by myself... First of all, I was so creeped out, but I also kept thinking, and again, I had no idea what was going to happen because I haven't read, I haven't read this part, but I kept thinking, just play along, just play along. And then finally, there's a moment where she picks up the napkin and puts it on her lap and says, elbows off the table in polite society. Right. And uh, I loved it. And he does immediately. Well, but I love his reaction too, because he's kind of like twitchy, like he's like, like part of him's like, I'm gonna put this knife in your eyeball. Yeah. But then he's like, No, okay, no, I'm I you I ask you to do this, you know, like he Yeah. Yeah. And then he does. Yeah. Um so that was a nice moment. And then after dinner, <laughs> this was so bizarre because there's a part of there's a part of me when I'm watching it that I I kept thinking, Well, he's infatuated with her. Like he loves her. He doesn't love her. He he's incapable no. of love. He yeah. doesn't know. And she essentially says the same thing to him. And he said, Couldn't you learn to love me for the sake of our son? And then he pauses and says, I think I could learn to love you. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, Oh my god. The look at her face he's, is great. No, but he's so honest. Like he's yeah. he's like, I certainly don't right now. I think I could. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's I- like she's so above your like the hierarchy of it, like it's just ridiculous that he's genuinely saying like I think I could maybe pull this off. Well, I think, but what he's saying is not I think I could learn to love you. I think he's legitimately saying like I think I could learn to love someone, or at least treat them like I love them, rather than a prostitute. Well, and one of the most poignant things he says is, and I think this is the reason why he is drawn to her is when she went to the jailhouse, she said to him. Because she thought he was going to die. And she said to him that she was pregnant. She yeah. was... This is just another Outlander comedy of errors was moment. Yeah. sure that it was his. And she said, I'm just telling you this so that you know that a part of you is still around after you die. Right? Or she says something like that. Which was weird, again, because it's like, was that to make him feel better or to make him feel worse? I don't even think the character knew. I don't think she knew what she was doing either, but it did make him feel good. And he realized she wasn't doing it for any other motive. Like there wasn't any motive or motivation there. It was literally just something to for him. And I don't think he got that very often in no. his life. Which Because no. remember then he pulled out that diamond from his yeah. mouth and handed it to her? Yeah. Um. So I think that was kind of the beginning of his infatuation obsession interest yeah of her so then she's getting really uncomfortable because nighttime is falling and all you can think of is rape 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 right where was the where's the where did he have the line where he's like i don't want you to think any less of me well when he tells her his fears like how he's so terrified because he's a pirate but he's terrified of drowning right and he says, yeah, I, I, I don't want you to think less of me. And she says, I could never think less of you. <laughs> yeah, which I like was was very uh, sarcastic, but obviously went right over his head. But yeah, but a funny line. So she decides to recite Moby Dick to him, which I found a little bit confusing. Well, she's trying to do anything to not basically have to have rapey sex with him. But I guess why not just read the book? Because it was a book about farming. But why not? If that's what polite society read. Or... I think she was also trying to like instill in him the metaphor of Moby Dick. Like the like I don't know if you're familiar oh, right. with the story. Because he Moby said Dick. so the monster won in the end. Like the beast won or something. Right. And she said it depends on who you consider the right. villain. That's like the great debate of Moby Dick, right? It's like who's the who's the good guy and who's the bad guy? It's like it's a great debate, right? Like is it Captain Ahab or is it Moby Dick? And so yeah, like in this Bonnet sympathizes with Ahab mm-hmm. and she basically said, you know, but she basically says Ahab's the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and Bonnet's like, wait a minute, does that mean I'm the bad guy? Cause I don't think he thinks he's a bad guy. I think he just thinks he's a guy. I think he knows he's not a great guy. No, for sure. I think he, he knows, knows but, there's room for but, improvement. <laughs> but yeah, like again, that's another, those are also some of my favorite bad guys are the bad guys that 
in their story, they're the good guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Actually, that's a good point. He's a survivor. Right, yeah. yeah. If, if Bond is writing his own book, he's the hero. Well, and he actually says something to her at that, at some point where he's like, you don't know my side of the story. There yeah. are two sides to every story and you don't know mine. Exactly. <sighs> yeah. complex. The part where he describes, watching it the second time, where he describes to her how terrified he's always been of drowning, that, I mean, again, he's a horrible person, but it did break my heart a little bit for him. He was, it was a great, great acting job there. I bought that. Because he was crying and, yeah, it was upsetting. So then he does leave. And this is the other thing, like, true to his word. He leaves her alone that night yeah so she falls asleep i would never sleep in that situation i can't sleep when i'm stressed so she falls right to sleep the thing that bothered me here is there was a window in that room and i don't know why she didn't crawl out the window well yeah but she's on she's she's a smart girl and she knows she's on an island but find a boat but it well what if there's no boat and then stephen bonnet catches like she's trying to convince him she's trying to you know bamboozle him so if she escapes out the window he'll know of her bamboozlery that's true. Because the next morning, the first thing she says is, "Yeah, you know, I'm into this for sure. Right. Let's live in Wilmington. I should go get Jemmy. Yeah. Somehow talks him into letting her go. But then he... Wants lied. to steal the promise yeah. with a kiss. His polygraph kiss. I thought it was a good kiss. <laughs> I guess he didn't. He's... I was actually thinking that they had pretty good chemistry and that she's obviously quite comfortable around this actor. She's never kissed Roger like that. I know. But he says... That's a Lord John Gray level kiss right there. I thought so too. Yeah. He, however, is not impressed with it. He no. gets upset. Then the woman comes in, Epi, and then in what is one of the most uncomfortable scenes, he's like, I'm going to show you what you're missing, which, super gross, but if I'm Brianna, I'm like, sure, keep showing me, because I don't want any part of that again. Mm-hmm. Um, Epi's all in. Yeah, but God, like, I hope that actress got a lot of money for that scene. Probably not. That was not a good scene. I mean, it was an interesting scene because he basically like angry sexed her while he was like looking over over her shoulder. Yeah. Um, Again, well acted by the actor. Yeah. How did you think Sophie Skelton did in this? I thought she was great in this episode. I think I, I think I thought she was too. I think she showed um, more range than she's ever shown. How about that? Probably because most of the time she has to act opposite Richard Rankin, who I don't think is very good. Uh, I think Richard Rankin is really good, but I don't know that he's that great of a guy. I don't think he's good period. Full stop. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I think she's better when she's acting off of good actors. She's better with Lord John Gray too. That's why they have more chemistry because it's, he's a better actor. Well, I remember, um, watching she didn't have that many scenes with tobias menzies but there is a scene in season four where he goes where he's where he makes an appearance in season four and he picks her up in the car and he tells her that they're getting divorced we're getting divorced and she starts crying and she does a really good job and i thought i feel like maybe i could even act pretty well if i had tobias menzies across from me yeah he's great he is so i don't know maybe there's something to be said about that so after he angry sexes epi he leaves and she says something to brianna and she says well he's always like breakfast in bed if you know what i mean and i don't know what she means do you i mean it's implied i I think it just means that he likes morning sex oh okay sure so brianna gets on her hands and knees and like begs begs epi to help her woman to woman she offers her wedding ring and epi says is your family rich yeah and she's still not in and brianna says very wicked rich yeah yeah wicked rich still not in and epi says mind your tongue and all will be well and i just thought that is advice from a prostitute if i ever heard it well i like when she was like if you don't basically if you don't shut up you're gonna be i can't remember what she said but like you're gonna be be breathing blood or worse or something like that yeah it's a good line terrifying yeah then we get a little bit of a break because we go to River Run with Joe Casta because she's meeting Mr. Forbes. Yeah. And she's excited about it. Right. And an important, important, and it's just one quick line, but she says at the beginning of her conversation with Mr. Forbes, my nephew was here recently. So I feel like that was her way. I think Jamie warned her that Forbes and, or maybe not even Forbes, but that Bonnet 
was interested right. in Jeremiah and her fortune. Right. So that's why she's, she's decided to get rid of it all. Just in case. Just in case. Yeah. Because at first I'm like, why would she do this? Right. So, so Innes and, um, why can't I remember his name? Ulysses. Ulysses, one of leave. my favorites. Leave. They leave the room and uh, yeah, so they, they have a little convo. Yeah, and she just starts like throwing like, and then to Roger and Brianna, a thousand pounds. And then to this person. I like when she's like two, what's the servant? Oh, Lizzie. Lizzie. And he's like, the servant. Yeah. Like, it's like he. Or when she says what she wants to give to young Ian and he's like, you barely know him. And he's been living with the Indians. Yeah. Yeah. It's, he just gets more and more incensed. Until he decides to smother her with a pillow. Yeah, in a very out. unexpected turn of events. And I don't know if this happened in the book or not. Yeah, no idea. So yeah. So he starts going at it with a pillow. Luckily, Jocasta is reaching for either her cane or the bell and knocks the table over and it makes like the slightest tink but that's all Ulysses needs. And did you know Ulysses was going to oh, rescue fuck her? Yeah. Yeah, and he really does. Yeah, Ulysses comes I love how you just you see him and then you just see him like lift off the ground and Ulysses like snaps he him does. like the little he hobbit toothpick that he is. Snaps him and oh. he looks so tiny yeah. next to Ulysses. I love And then so there much. was I feel like a little nod to Ulysses and Jocasta's relationship because he kneels down, he grabs onto her hand and he says, "Mistress, mistress." And then he starts crying and he says, "Jocasta." And it's like, "Oh, wait a second mm-hmm. though. You would not refer to her by name oh. unless you had yeah. referred to her by name." And then Pulling a bit of Claire out, he loves her back to life. He does love her yeah. back to life. Because that's when she opens her eyes. I'm going to tell you, Jocasta and Ulysses are my favorite love story in this whole show. What about Myrta and Jocasta? He's dead. Yeah, but if Myrta was around, you'd prefer Myrta and Jocasta, Maybe right? Maybe they got a little, a little twa going on oh, there. Who knows? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Whatever. Claire and Jamie go into the whorehouse together. Right. They've been in a lot of whorehouses together, I will say. Um, and they're asking around. So this bugged me a little bit. Just Claire diagnosing and spending time with a random prostitute helping her with her, you know, uneven legs. Because she didn't know that Epi knew anything. But she had a vibe Do to you think? her. Like she had a desperate vibe around her. Like that was, like her, her medicine was her only stock in trade. And I think she was hoping that if she... Was even kind, if, she was trying to show kindness? Yeah, like, and she said as much, too, where she's like, where the girl was like, I don't have any money. And she's like, well, sometimes you just help people because that's the cool thing to do, bitch. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, it's, uh, and like, so she knew that probably that even if she didn't directly know, she knew somebody that knew or something like that. Like, she was just trying to buy whatever favor she could in there. Maybe, yeah, because she certainly narrowed in, luckily, on that woman. Yeah. Who, who, in the end, rolled over because of her her short leg. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Stephen Bonnet and Brianna horror show continues, and it goes right to the next level where he's now selling her. So now all she's wearing yeah. is a skirt and a corset. She doesn't even have any shoes on. He's pushing her into a room with a creepy man. Yeah, super creepy. And this is like awesome Bonnet where he's like, oh, okay, well, if you're not, if you're not with me, you're... <laughs> you're, you're either for me or against me. You're real me. against me. And it's not like... I'm not even going to kill you. I'm going to sell you into a life of, like, rapey servitude. That's super shitty. It was awful. But here's the thing. Even when he was going through it, he looked uncomfortable. He looked conflicted. And here's the thing. Bookies, um, let me know this. Because I still think, like, we're, we're jumping ahead to what happens at the end. But I have a feeling that he was not going to sell her. That That this was all just to, like... Grab her and be like, do you want to stay with me her instead? and punish her and, and, and like, mind fucker. I, I still think that in the end, I, I just have this feeling that he wasn't going to go, not not because he had a change of heart, but his plan was never to go through with it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe in the book he does, though. Maybe he does. I don't know. I don't know either. It didn't but it even happen in the book. Who knows? Horrific. I'm like, what is yeah. going on? And here's the thing. I'm like, oh, he feels bad. He's gonna, he's gonna switch. But then when the guy's like, I want to look at her teeth. He comes and he grabs, like, Bonnet grabs Brianna's head and like cranks it back. She has nice teeth. She's got great teeth. Yeah. So does Bonnet, though, for the record. Right. And then yeah. the guy, she bites his hand, so he punches her in the stomach, no. and he's gonna oh, yeah, go yeah. and punch her in the face. And Bonnet stops him. That's right. He's like, you don't own her yet. 
So then... Which is one of those things that makes me think that he's not... Like, he's... There's still something there, right? Yeah, but then, when the guy's like, I'll give you six pounds, and he's like, yeah, six is... That's all she's worth. Right. So then I'm like, why is he going... What? I think he offered her more than that. Or he... he the no, captain offered he said more. six. Was that was six? six. Oh, yeah. okay. So, I wonder, though, why... It was just this bizarre, bizarre... Was he trying to, like, convince himself? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. It was really disgusting and disturbing, though. Yeah, well, and the captain was just, like, a greasy slime ball, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we have the beach confrontation. Yeah, and uh, the whole reason they had to do that is because the guy doesn't carry his wallet with him. So he had to go back because his, you know, first mate Jimmy on the beach has his wallet, which is... Very fortunate because that all could have gone a lot differently from yeah. a storytelling standpoint. Yeah. So, beach confrontation. So, they shoot. Wallet Jimmy. Wallet Jimmy. Innocent. Wallet, wallet Jimmy. Jimmy. All he's doing is just standing <laughs> yeah. there holding the wallet. Yeah. He's out of everybody. Yeah. Wallet Jimmy's the guy that dies. That's the guy that Jamie shoots. Right. Okay. So, he's dead. Um, I think it was Ian that shot him. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. So then, Brianna runs towards... She books it. Smart. Runs towards Jamie, yeah. Claire, Ian, and Roger. And Stephen Bonnet starts following her, but then sees Roger running towards him. And he turns and he runs... He turns tail and runs. And here's the part that drove you crazy. So Brianna kind of falls to her knees in front of Claire. Yeah. And Jamie gets down and says, you're safe. And you said, yeah, but he's... Bonnet's still out there. Yeah. Like, it really bothered like, why you. Why did you so stop he's a father. Running. So he needs to, like, talk to his... But, like, there was a lot of extended hugging. And, yeah, so Roger goes after Bonnet. Yes. I don't even think he had a gun. And he goes after Bonnet. Jamie, Ian, who knows where any of those guys are? Oh, Ian's, like, pointing a gun at the pirates. And the, the pirate... Oh, skeezy pirate's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. We will take our leave now, I think mm -hmm. is what he said, actually. Mm -hmm. And just Roger goes after Stephen Bonnet. Yeah. Which is stupid. And manages to punch him a so bunch yeah. of times. So yeah, Stephen Bonnet runs from the school teacher. And then Roger catches him <laughs> and proceeds to, with his bare hands, uh, Roger the school teacher proceeds to pummel into defeat a uh, feared, psychopathic, pirate, super cool, fighty... Uh, pirate with right. his bare hands. Yes. That's Stephen that Bonnet does not fight back because if he did, he would have killed Roger in one second. Uh, so I don't really understand. Yeah, Stephen Bonnet should have been a lot scrappier than that. Like, you would really think. scrappy. Right. Like, picks up Sands, throw, throws it in his. Like, I don't know what he would have done. He would have pulled the knife out from his belt and cut Roger's throat open, probably, is what would have happened. Like, there's no way that that, that like, that's. Yeah. Stephen Bonnet would never go to an arrangement like like that on the beach, like a transaction with weird pirates, like unarmed. He would also probably never go alone. But whatever, that's fine. Uh, so, but somehow, school teacher Roger manages to kick the shit out of Stephen Bonnet with no struggle whatsoever while Jamie and Claire are hugging Brianna. Dumbass, dumbassery. But not the dumbest thing that happens in this scene. <laughs> Megan! What well, was it? So this was something that really caught me off guard. The next scene we have is Stephen Bonnet's tied up. Jamie offers him a drink. And yeah. then they start talking about a trial. Right. And I actually started screaming at the screen because I'm like, what is happening? Why would you possibly, possibly not just kill him? The whole season has been about Jamie wanting to kill Stephen Bonnet. And That's the right. last three episodes have been him convincing yeah. Roger that he needs to and Roger being like, no, I want to. I'm going to. No, I'm going yeah. to. And then they decide to do like a long trial, like yeah. take him into Wilmington and do a long trial, which, I mean, as it turns out, thank goodness it just cut to the trial and his death. Right. But, um, Also dumb. I mean, it really caught me off guard for sure. And... The death by drowning. Like, even you said, you're like, wow, what a terrible way to kill someone. I mean, I'm assuming that's how he died in the book. It is. I read up on that. But it's still a very uncomfortable thing to watch. And his reaction when he when he realized that it was actually going to happen was just awful. I know you're not supposed to have pity for a psychopath who's done horrible things. Right. Well, that's exactly what I was alluding to earlier in the episode, where you... 
it's 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 not just a death. It's this is a this is the worst way for him to die. It really is. Which he probably deserves, but for some reason you built up sympathy for him. Yeah, and is it like this in the book, or is it the way the actor is playing it? Right. Yeah. That's what I want to know. I'm curious. So it shows people like gradually walking away, walking away, and then sooner, sooner rather than later, the water is coming right up to his chin, and there's no one there. And you were surprised. You yeah. said, "Are they not even there?" Like you thought that they would be there to watch. You would think, or maybe they just were like, "Look, this tide's going to take a while to come in. Let's go get like a sandwich, or maybe we'll go shopping again, yeah. or something like that, yeah. and then come back for yeah. his big death." So, and then. Uh, and then you just see the bullet go into his head, which looked very realistic, I will say. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I was surprised it was Brianna, but you immediately said, oh, it was Brianna. Well, of course. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Who else would shoot him? And obviously it wasn't Roger because he would have like hit the tree behind him if he tried to shoot Steven. But yeah, it, it's, but again, it was so weird because she shoots him in the head and Roger asked the question that everyone you would think is thinking where it's like, did you do that? To give him mercy or to make sure he was dead. And she just looks at him and, and just like, and like walks away. Thus, you know, you know, leaving us to think that Noah probably was mercy if she doesn't want to answer the question. But she doesn't want to admit it to herself. Yeah, it's open-ended. I guess it depends on like your own interpretation. Yeah, I mean... I guess. I think Although, it's one of those things Although, if you wanted where... to make sure he was dead, you could have waited like another 20 minutes yeah, yeah, let and him have... And then been like, the... that, that'll do it. Exactly. It's it's one of those things where, you know, the the, the actions speak louder than her non-words. Or maybe it had been going on for hours and she was like, I that, like let's just do this. Maybe she had somewhere to be. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> She was yeah. wearing a really nice maroon coat. Yeah, exactly. Like, like it was ready. getting a little dark. We all know Roger can't find his way home in the dark. So, yeah, maybe she just needed to wrap that shit up. I don't know. But uh, I really think... Or had there been just a bizarre connection like does she think jemmy is his and there were moments or glimpse of humanity coming from him yeah although god like he tried to sell her to that disgusting person i don't know yeah that's twice now where she's shown him weird mercy yeah yeah you know so and that is the episode so overall what would you give this out of a hundred i'm a little conflicted because um on the whole You know, the episode itself wasn't bad. It was... There were some things that were really stupid, but that's pretty standard. Uh, It was bad, not because the episode was bad, but it was bad because they took their... The only arc of the season and wrapped it up in 30 seconds, basically. Well, 42 minutes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then... I, I don't understand, first of all, why they wrapped it up now with two episodes to go... And then what's left? Uh, what are I they? Know. What are they going to do from here? I, I don't really understand. Like we've been, we've been building up to get to Stephen Bonnet all season long. Like yeah. that, that, that was going to be the payoff. Mm-hmm. And then, like it, they cram everything into this one episode after giving us all these like stalling episodes mm-hmm. with shit that like who the cares about mm-hmm. half the stuff they've well, done. This all the book readers want to see no, the snake bite, and they yeah, see I guess, that. but it's like. I, I, yeah, I guess it was just like eight episodes of fan service mm-hmm. and then one episode of the actual arc of the season. And then what, two more? Like, is it just going to be, is it just going to be sex and the, what are, what are they, what's the old couple? The like, bugs. Yeah, sex <laughs> and the bugs playing like a fiddle in the background for two episodes. And the book people will be like, it was so magical. Uh, like, I, I don't really understand. Yeah, I I didn't really understand it either when I was watching the the final scene and they shot him in the head because he was definitely dead and for real dead for real dead and I'm you know I, I've completed the fifth book and I'm halfway through the sixth not that I'm actively reading it because it takes me years who's got the time who's got the time um, but he's still very much alive halfway through the sixth book so that that did really surprise me. Um, and I guess I also wonder where they're taking this. Now, the other, th- the two things to note. The first is that there are some theories that Outlander, the show, is going to end after season six. Right. So they're trying to wrap up a bunch of things and it might be a little bit out of order. 
Well, and this is interesting because we were talking about this during the show where, um, so the next episode, uh, you probably, a bunch of you know, but if you don't, is actually written by Diana Gambleton, right? Yeah. Which is interesting. And you said, why would they have her write the episode after this episode? And my theory is, if they're going to take a big wacky left turn, probably she said, I'm going to be driving the bus. Yeah. You know, so... Absolutely. And that was the second thing I was going to note. The right. First, yeah. So, and I agree with you. I think maybe because they are really taking a left turn, she's like, okay, well, I guess since you've done that, now I could guide you in this direction. Although she's just, it's only one episode. So unless she's going to be very involved in season six and she's going to wrap it all right. up then. But it could be one episode that's a jumping off point for... New. Like a real condensed arc, maybe through because if if it does end in season six, which is only it's me knocking on wood. Season guys. six only has twelve episodes. That's right. Then they're gonna have to obviously do a bunch of stuff and probably I mean God they might even have to pull a Game of Thrones if you don't know what happened in Game of Thrones uh, after I believe it was season seven I can't remember they got to the end of the books and they just they started going off book and they basically. Like went beyond the book material and started their created their own content and it was bad and it ended crappy and mm, whatever. But mm-hmm. that that that's neither here nor there. But the precedent is already set for yeah, this kind of thing that's to happen. True. Um, so this could happen, and this is one of those things where I mean, was there a next time on? Yep. That you saw. Yeah, and w- there was. W- oh, w- was it okay? It didn't really give a lot of information. Didn't really give a lot of information. No. But my prediction is that. This is I know nothing. I didn't watch the next time on because I who's got the time. But my prediction is that in the last episode of the season, there will be time travel. I mean, I would love that because I love time travel. So we'll see if you're right. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, so what would you give it out of a hundred? I mean, what would I give it out of a hundred? I mean, I'll give it a fifty. Okay. Yeah, I'll give it a solid fifty. Decent. Because there was some really good acting moments in this. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean. I think you're going to know who my MVP is, although there's like a secret second in there. Oh. But uh, yeah, like the acting that was good was as good as it's been. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, what are, what's your, how many loin points would you give this? 75. 75. Mm-hmm. That's low. It's not that low. It's pretty low. Not for season four and five. Not no, where we but are like now. <laughs> the president we've been setting pres- precedent, um, yeah. you, they've been high. Yeah. And I thought you'd like this. You had uh, like decent skeleton in this. Yeah, she did. She did not Sanko, bad. I'm not going to yeah. question. Okay. All right. So who is your MVP? I mean, MVP's got to be Stephen Bonnet. I agree. It's Spieler. Yeah, I agree. The Spiel. Yeah. yeah, he was great. Honorable mention? Yeah. Ulysses. Come oh. on. Ulysses only got one scene, but man, that was a gangbuster of a scene. Like, I've been <laughs> waiting for for that. Like, Ulysses is like gentle giant no more. Like, yeah. I, I, like I, I want to see him in action. I want to finally see, like, the love that he has for Jocasta. Mm-hmm. And he, like, I don't know I don't know that actor's name. I should really look it up. Um, but he was great. He was. He's always great. Yeah. I love, and, oh, and, like, and you could tell he hated that guy from the right before where he, like, like slams his coat or, and his hat, sorry, his hat and his cane into Ulysses. And Ulysses is like, I'm going to break your damn ass neck in about 10 minutes. Yeah. And it's like, and he did. Yeah. Your MVP? Ed Spieler. Yeah. yeah. He, he was, was good. He was really, really good. Yeah. What was your favorite scene? Uh, you know what? My favorite scene was actually probably the Ulysses. Yeah. Like the Jocasta. Because... Uh, you had a moment where you thought Jocasta was going to die. And I was like, I, I did. she yeah. might. I, I don't know what's <laughs> happening anymore. Uh, I thought that scene was really good. Like, I thought that... Uh, that she was great in it, and I thought that the Hobbit guy, he was, like, the when he was losing his shit, I thought he was good, and I liked the payoff with Ulysses. But, you know what, it's really hard to not pick the stuff with, it, it, like, the mm-hmm. captivity stuff with mm-hmm. uh, Stephen Bonnet. I keep wanting to call him Mitch Peeler. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, I don't know if it's the, the at the table or in the bed where Brienne is reading to him, but they're oh, both wow, I know. like they were really great. Yeah. So you know, it's 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 a rare Outlander where I you know where yeah. I, I'm, I'm torn as to what my favorite scene is. So kudos to you, Outlander. So I think my favorite scene 
it also tied. The first is when they were getting the glassmith to make the syringe. Oh, really? Uh-huh. I really liked that. And then the second would have been that moment where she decides to play along and tells him, elbows mm. off the table, sit up straight. Yeah. You don't do that in polite society. And he does. And it's like, oh, now we've got a little game of cat and mouse almost. Yeah. So. But who's the cat? Yeah. Um, least favorite scene. Oh, uh, I mean, I mean, I guess the beach. Yeah. Yeah. When they were like, what should we do with him? Have a drink of water. It's like, why are we giving him water? Just so stupid. Like it just counteracts everything that they've been, they've been building up for the whole season. Made no sense. Didn't make any sense whatsoever. No. To me. Anyway. Yeah. Same. That's the same as me. Yeah. Um, Okay, so this is the part where I want to turn it around to the loin listener. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask, so I've given my prediction as to what I think is going to happen in the last two episodes. Actually, Megan has not given her prediction. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, wow. Um, let's see. Well, it, it's hard because I know some of the things that are going to happen, but I, I don't. But all bets are off. We're like yeah. in book seven, maybe. Who knows, right? Like maybe. So, but so, what do you think will happen? Like, where do you think it's going? What I hope is that Brianna and Roger and Jemmy go back to the seventies. Right. That's what I hope happens, or at least start start the travel plan. Right. Because this time period has not been good to her, <laughs> or no. to him, no. or to him. No. Who's it been worse for? I think him. Roger. Roger. Yeah. yeah. 100% Roger. <laughs> well, no. I mean, come on. Brianna got She already raped, had PTSD yeah, from no. what he did. And then she was trapped yeah, in a no, house. Yeah, no. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's Brianna. It's her living yeah. nightmare. They, Although he was... He he was very badly treated by the Mohawk and then hung. Hanged. Hanged. Yeah. yeah so, by the neck. Over but, and over again in a silent film. Yeah, I... It hasn't been great for either one. No. I mean, Jemmy almost grabbed that kettle. Hasn't been great for Jemmy either. Actually, I think it's been really good for Jemmy. Jemmy's probably having time of his life. Anyway, uh, but... Yeah, but, let's hear what everyone else thinks yeah. is going to happen. What do you think is going to happen? I'm very curious to hear what your predictions, especially those of you who are who are neck deep in the books. I, I really want to know, A, what you think about this strong deviation. And more importantly, because it happened, so there's no point in being upset about it. Mm-hmm. Where is it going to go from here? Yeah. And where can they reach us, Megan? Um, they can reach us at loinlander at gmail.com or the Loinlander podcast page on Facebook or at Loinlander on Twitter. On Twitter. That's right. Uh, we're everywhere. And we do love hearing from you. Yeah, it's great. Uh, okay. And that's the episode. That is the episode. That's a wrap. Two more to go. Two more to go. Who knows what's going to happen? Then we'll just be stuck in quarantine with no... Yeah. Loinlander. Quarantine Lander. Who knows yeah. what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll just start reviewing random shows. Probably or not. continue our recap of Outlander. Mm. Can we go over random shows? No. I don't know. Let's start a loin poll. What show do you want us to, to recap? Loinlander or something else? Hmm? I, think Outlander. I think Outlander. Well, oh, fine. Well, fine. fine. <laughs> okay, that's a wrap. Have a good week. Have a good week, everyone. Stay safe. Bye.